This program is brought to you by Haymarket Books as part of our live event series. Haymarket Books is a radical, independent publisher dedicated to connecting social movements with the ideas they need in the struggle for a better world. You can help support the Haymarket Project by buying books at haymarketbooks.org and especially by joining the Haymarket Book Club. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and the Haymarket YouTube channel to access all of our upcoming events. Good evening, America, or good afternoon, depending on where you're at in the country. But thank you all for joining us uh, for this special Breakbeats Poet-sponsored event. And I am your host for the evening slash afternoon, Courtney Lamar Charleston. And I just want to give you the quick download on what exactly is going on right now. So you may or may not know, but I had this little poetry collection, uh, Doppelgangbanger, just drop from the beautiful folks at Haymarket Books. And normally when a book comes out, you do some type of party, some type of launch event. You know, you, you know, you'll read from the book, you'll have some guests, you'll eat some food. Obviously, COVID-19 really doesn't you know, care if we have plans. So plans have changed. But at the same time, I wanted to capture that same spirit, that same energy. So, you know, to celebrate the arrival of this book, I was like, yo, let's just figure out a way to get folks that are dope and that I love together in some way, shape or form. But at the same time, I know so many dope people, so many brilliant people that I also wanted to just selfishly hear their work and just hear them read and just love on them. Right. Um, And so I kind of conceived of this series where I, I would invite some of those folks and they would get a longer amount of time to read and folks would be able to, you know, experience that because we're all virtual. So it would actually reach further than a physical event would. And, you know, we just kind of embraced the circumstances. And so this Doppelgangbanger limited series was born. And this is event number one of three featuring none other than Morgan Parker and Kimon Felix. So, you know, I've been re- really like geeked and jazzed and excited about this entire thing and just waiting for this day to get here. Um, and I'm just like, I'm definitely feeling I'm kind of jittery because I'm still kind of like trying to settle, settle down a little bit. But for those of you on the line who might be among the uninitiated and don't really know what's about to happen to you yet. I just want to give you kind of the lay of the land with these two brilliant women, right? Before we get into the actual poems and you can experience firsthand what the rest of us already know. Um, So let me formally read each of their bios and I'll just talk a little bit more about each of them after that. But I'm going to start first with Morgan. So Morgan Parker is a poet essayist and novelist. Um, She's the author of the California Book Award nominated young adult novel, Who Put This Song On? and the poetry collections, Other People's Comfort Keeps Me Up at Night, There Are More Beautiful Things Than Beyonce, and Magical Negro, which won the 2019 National Books Critics Circle Award and California Book Award. Morgan is the recipient of a National Endowment for the Arts Literature Fellowship, a Pushcart Prize winner, a Cave Economy graduate fellow, Go CC All Day, and a co-founder of the Other Black Girl Collective with another beloved, Angel Nafis. 
uh, and Morgan currently lives in LA. Now, let's flip. Camone. Camone Felix, MA, is a poet, a writer, speaker, and political strategist. She received her master's in arts uh, in arts and uh, politics from uh, from NYU, an MFA from Bard, and has received fellowships from Kaveh Kanem, Kalalu, and Poets House. Kamone was the director uh, of surrogates and strategic comms at Elizabeth Warren for president, big deal, and her uh, first full length collection of poems, "Build Yourself a Boat," also from Hey Market, Hey Market Gang, what up? Was long listed for the 2019 National Book Award for Poetry. Uh, her debut was also a 2017 University of Wisconsin Press uh, Brigham and Pollock Prize finalist and a 2017 Fordham University Poets Out Loud semifinalist. And Kamone, in addition to this, is the author of the chapbook, uh, chapbook Yolk. Uh, she was recently listed by the Black Youth Project as a girl from the future you should know, which is the most accurate title probably could, you could ever give her. And then she's got some forthcoming joints as well. Um, and this one I always struggle pronouncing with, but the, the, the next poetry collection, Discal... Thank you. <laughs> Tongue twister over here for me. Um, but And then be, next to the poetry collection also a book coming from Penguin Random House, another book, Let the Poets Govern, which I'm super, super, super hype about. So, you know, that's just like the basics, the lowdown, the fundamentals of who each of these folks are. But the reason why I wanted to invite each of them um, and the reason why I wanted each of them to sit down with Doppelgangbanger before the book actually came out it has everything to do with who they are as people, has everything to do with their with their work and the character of it. So let me first, I'll touch base on Morgan, and I'll go back to Kimon again. Um, but Morgan's work is, I don't know, simply like it, it's 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 fascinating to me, right? Um, it when I read Morgan's poems, right, it's it follows this really interesting path of um, articulation. And this really, you know, impressive way of interrogation that allows you to experience multiple things at once on multiple levels. And when you look at the subject of her work being centered around blackness, around womanhood and, and kind of these markers of identity, being able to have the multifacetedness of those identities kind of present in the same space in such a in such a condensed space is like something that is it just creates a magical reading experience. And when you're tracing the lines of her poems, you, you're, you're, you truly are getting probably as close to her mind as you can possibly get, right? There's, it's, it's just the, the rendering of, of those thoughts to the page is so, it, it's so clearly authentic, but also um, so clearly, you know, so clearly well, well considered, but also, you know, multitudinous at the same time. So, you know, I think as Morgan reads tonight, if you're not familiar with her work, some of those descriptions will, will make more sense. But in addition to that, you know, she's just a really, really warm person. She's funny as hell. Um, 
you, if you're in her presence, you will have a good time. And that, that's, that actually kind of made me a little sad, right? Because then it's like, well, it just made me realize how long it's been, (laughs) I guess, because of the circumstances, but I really do look forward to the, you know, the chance to be together in the same space again. But for now and for tonight, I'm super excited about this and I'm really happy and grateful to Morgan for being here. And Likewise, I am super excited and happy and appreciative to Kimone for coming through uh, as well. Um, if you don't know her from her, her writing, you might know her from TV. She's been, you know, making the rounds. Uh, you know, you might see her on MSNBC doing the, 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 uh, the political thing. And, and it is, you know, been such an honor and a pleasure to see that transformation. And, you know, that was always very evident in Kimone, if you if you've known her, um, that drive, that sense of that sense of commitment to the cause, to the community, to her people's um, and to justice and, and, and equity and fairness. Um, and that is imbued in her in her creative work as well. It, it's it's all there. But it's just been fantastic to get to see the world really take stock of that and 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 really, you know, shower her with the attention that I believe uh, that she deserves on that front. And when I think about Camone's, uh, Camone's uh, poetry and her writing, um, one of the things that I love about her poems is that there is this really each poem almost is kind of like a system unto itself, right? And it's interesting to me because it's one of those things where I can follow, I can follow this really profound and intricate logic, right? Through, you know, through the way she, you know, delineates uh, the text with space, through the way, um, you know, she will invoke image and, and what types of images she invokes. And at the same time, right, it's all rooted in this fundamental character that I was describing before about her as a person. And, you know, zooming out, it's it, it makes me look at the systems that we are all subject to and inhabit. Right. And it, it's it just it, it shows us where those are malfunctioning in such a clear way. Right. Um, the poems are, you know, kind of like, come on, they don't take no shit, which is like, the, the, I don't know the best way I can think to describe them. But, you know, no matter no matter the subject, no matter the emotional register that the, that it's written on, you can you can you can best bet that you're going to take away a learning that's going to make you look at life and the world around you just a little bit differently. It'll just shift you a few degrees, but that's enough for revelation. And I, that's what I love about Kimon's poems. So, you know, with all that being said, I've probably like gushed a lot and I'm like all over the place and I'm like too excited. I can't even talk straight right now, but what we're going to do, right. Is we're going to hear from both Morgan and Kimon and they're going to be trading poems back and forth, kind of like we're ciphering, right? Like this is what like folks would just do if we were kicking it. We might be at someone's, you know, someone's apartment, just reading work out the book or reading drafts off the phone or whatever, you know, just catching up and, and, and really indulgent. And I wanted to capture that tonight for all of you all who are joining us. Um, the, the readings or selections that each of them will be reading um, are kind of loosely inspired by themes that are in Doppelgangbanger, right? So for tonight, right, um, the theme is really going to be centering around Blackness, around uh, black, black subversion, Black survival, Black joy. And I, I can't wait to get into, the, into these poems. So I'm going to stop talking and let the poets do what the poets do. So 
with that being said, Morgan Parker is up first. Hello. Oh my gosh, Courtney, congratulations. I'm so happy for you to, and I'm so happy for the world to have this book finally. Um, yeah, it's so, it's so essential to the community story that we're telling. And I think it's, it's like a really essential book in, in the story of black boyhood. And I think Nate said something like that. And I love thinking about, you know, us and and those days of sitting in the apartment and passing stuff around because that's building, you know, a story that none of us could tell on our own. And, and I just love this book. I think your voice comes through so clearly and in such a fun and generous way. I don't know. I love the balance of like nerd and ignorant. Like it's just so <laughs> Courtney and um, yeah, it's it's just such a necessary uh, piece to everything. Um, yeah, and come on, you already know you're my bitch. So <laughs> I just I, I'm hugging you all and and forcing drinks on you and all of that. Okay, let's do this. It's gonna be fun. Magical Negro number 80, Brooklyn. Here is the bright young food co-op. Here is the steeple. Here are the royals not yet dead. Here are the niggas with amethyst crystals, shea butter, halos, orbit, half-shaved heads, bowed for vindication. Our mother patchouli, who art in the apothecary on Flatbush, hallowed be your Dutch wax dress. Give us this day we light soy candles for dead brothers. Give us this day we soak our supremacy wounds. Give us this day. Give us fresh juice green as avocados and strength to dismantle Fox News. We are marching even in our sleep. We are reading to boys, getting high off the salt eaters. Thy kingdom come to yoga. Thy will be a black feminist tumbler. Thy will is not our struggle. Forgive us. We have gathered to learn to pronounce freedom. Procession body roll, communion oysters with Prosecco, roses for our waist beads. We have moved away from suburbia. Now we live on Saturn. We don't pray anymore the way our parents taught us. Instead, we stack our arms with wood and music hatches from our tongue rings. Hymns for the dead, hookahs for the almost dead. Praise our half-lives. Our bodies break, but we still sage them. We wrote the good book, instructions for building new worlds. Lead us not into white neighborhoods. Deliver us from microaggressions. Blessed are we who mourn. We who are a blood built on a hill of embers. We know mail order hipster black wife. We just trying to text our moms. We are what we eat, leafy and anointed. We are who we serve, banquets and bouquets forever. Come on. Forever, ever. Forever, ever. We fucked that up, but that was fun anyway. It was. I was so in it. I was like, yeah. I know. I'm like, oh. 
No, no, we did great. We did great. Forever, 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 ever. Oh, there we go. <laughs> uh, Morgan, that's one of my favorite poems. One of my favorite series and one of my favorite books. I'm just, I don't know. I'm going to, I'm trying to keep the standing at a minimum. Let me, let me just, let me organize my standship. So first of all, I, I'm, I'm probably going to cry at some point because it's one thing to like get the chance to do, you know, digital events during COVID in general. Like it's nice to still be able to do that. It's another thing to be able to do that with your actual homies, like your actual friends. Like I, I was listening to you read and, you know, the communion of oysters and Prosecco. And it's like, no, literally though, we literally do that, you guys. And I just, I feel very honored and lucky to be a part of a community that knows how to maintain and sustain closeness and like just be good with and for each other. And, you know, Courtney, this new book is exactly that. Like it is you being good to your legacy, being good to this community, being good to the craft. It is like Morgan said, uh, essential. And, you know, one thing I said about, about it when I wrote the blurb or a blurb is that like you offer us a study in precision and in history and you don't let us off the hook. You take us on a walk through understanding what we don't understand and you make us confront it. And, you know, I just feel so lucky to be in a world where I'm learning from you and growing with you and both of you. And I'm going to keep the vibes going. I know I can't, I can't. Okay. Okay. Keep the vibes going. Um, okay. Morgan, I'm going to throw this one at you. This is a very new draft, like maybe finished it today. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Perhaps. Um, the title is temporary, but for now we're going to go with on astrology the universe is aligned. It's like this. The exact moment your first breath entered the atmosphere, that exact millisecond, nothing was the same. The world was a changed thing, a variant of its former self, you, a new ripple in the miles deep pool of time, a doubling mirror, that one breath titillating the tender timbers of eternity. Then the stars, the stars take that first carbon print and stamp your name into the book of cosmic capacity, charting the detailed modules of your life, dotting the landscape of this particular universe, the way the trajectory of a storm dots the land of its victims, stitching your various linings into a single patchwork of your specific ontological necessities, the textures of your wrongness, your sticky sweet compulsions, it knows why you talk to your mother the way you do and why she will allow it. The exact hue of Pendergrass's blues, how you will wield the stuff of your inheritance, where your pleasures will falter and fail. It is an idiomatic film snapshotting what the world will come to know of you before you know of you. An expansive diagram of how you will betray yourself, defying your self-determination, giving you a God you can see. Some bird species evolve to be more beautiful and some choose to survive. None of this is man-made or human-making, our understanding irrelevant in the face of its continuing. And yet, with our arrogance so great, we question the abundance of the stars right to its face, all while looking up at tricks of entropy, thousands of years of death glittering back with their bravado of knowing, an intellect so unadulterated and so pure, and us, its ignorant beneficiary, bowing at the thrones of pious murderers, but afraid to be imbued. Not me. Call it bumptious, but I bleed under a few under a full moon. 
and know the stuff of the endless night sutures me. Venus trining my Mercury, my own lore singing to me, the long road of eternity glistening, willing in me the keen right to skate the light of the universe and permutate and grow. Like that. All right, we'll start there. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, I like that. Ooh, I thought you might. I wrote it with you in mind. Good. Good. (laughs) Please, like, conjure me whenever you need to. (laughs) I got you. Catapult you into the stars. All right. It was summer now, and the colored people came out into the sunshine. They descend from the boat two by two. The gap in Angela Davis's teeth speaks to the gap in James Baldwin's teeth. The gap in James Baldwin's teeth speaks to the gap in Malcolm X's teeth. The gap in Malcolm X's teeth speaks to the gap in Malcolm X's teeth. The gap in Condoleezza Rice's teeth doesn't speak. Hmm. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard kisses the Band-Aid on Nellie's cheek. Frederick Douglass's side part kisses Nikki Giovanni's thug life tattoo. The choir is led by Whoopi Goldberg's eyebrows. <laughs> the choir is led by Will Smith's flat top. The choir loses its way. The choir never returns home. The choir sings funeral instead of wedding. Sings funeral instead of allegedly. Sings funeral instead of help. Sings black instead of grace. Sings black as knuckle bone, mercy, June bug, sea air. It is time for war. Thank you. Okay. All right. I am going to do Do You Believe in Borders? What I am feeling is the death of a million wayward bodies falling into each other like lattice work on a French pie. I draw a river and your God lines it out into a field. I say this earnestly and with a smile. So I'm not sure what you're asking me. Is it a question of shoulds or of ours? The nation state is a body. It is the Russian doll of bodies a body housing, a body of farmed bodies, all of whom mill about in their categorical nothingness with some parasite sucking from their breasts. All over the globe, one breast drains into the mouth of a whole class, a safety valve for the gutless. You have to understand my parameters here are limited, the space between my two selves shrinking and pulverized all the same. The wine delivery comes, my courier steps into the foyer. I say hello. I say, thank you. I sign her receipt. I offer her a Clorox wipe. I stand away at six feet. I don't know. I do know nobody dies at my border. I read that one earlier today, too. Damn Sorry, I like need a moment to breathe. Um, <laughs> ooh. All right, this one is in sections. Um, you guys know that, but just so the audience knows, just hang in there. Uh, I'll stop talking eventually. 
the history of black people. One, the saddest triptych is our blood, trouble passed down, a root out on our wet, stiff suits. Everyone walks behind us. I would rather dance hoodwinked with the devil than be alone. I pick bad juju over yellow meadow and your moon. Florida, Kentucky, hemlocks grow in sepia glint. Red clay everywhere. This isn't a dream. In the beginning, red clay. Two, the history of Black people after Jean-Michel Basquiat. The history of Black people, an allegory for Denzel Washington's continuous battle with various forms of transportation. The history of Black people, a Black feminist reading of Cinderella starring Winnie Houston and Brandy. The history of Black people, or that feeling when Lauren Hill is in your school choir but drops out right before the statewide competition. The history of Black people, a new series coming to BET 20 years ago. The history of Black people, an investigation. The history of Black people, a tragic comic horror film. The history of Black people, or joy, stinging pink lips. The history of Black people says me. The history of Black people goes blank. The history of Black people adapted from white people. Three, single Black female cries into a glass of rosé on a Friday in April at 10.54 p.m. Is once again an unpleasant movie date, makes every little thing political, needlessly references Paula Abdul's stint as a Laker girl, forever sucking on a technical bad mood wakes up fevering in the dark, afraid of trust, imagines her bones damned, feels teeth in the grass below her feet, is a patient culprit, names her heart a dumb tick. Forgive us our dissonance. We hold shame close. A black boy's hairline finally puts us to sleep. A sea creature shucks sand for gems. Four, if you cut open my heart, it would be midnight at the greatest party of all time. A miniature Sean Carter and Audrey Lord feasting on difference. Uppity Negroes and highfalutins and Tyrones. Rick James appearing before Judge Joe Brown. Granddaddies eating fruit over the sink. Bernie Mac growling, America, let's talk. I never went to recess because I don't play. I never went... I never learned to swim, but I went swimming. I make my enemy disease in my blood. I never believed in love. I carry us all in me, drag my hooves in tall grass and breathe when I'm full, bask in a real feel-good fugitive moment. Even the sun yawns when I pray. Five, on the first book, on the first page of every library book, there's a question mark for us, backs bent out of exclamation. We don't know any of your words, but our children have licked them up in pools of sweat. Have you ever felt like a square peg in a round hole? Do you sometimes dream of a handful of Skittles sprawling on February lawn? If our legend was allowed, it would sing alligator scales. It would be written in red clay. It was an open and shut case. It never lived to be 18. This is our first and last love song. 
Thanks, Morgan. Thanks. Just ruined my life. <laughs> and this is the point in real life where I would just be asking someone to just light a joint. Can you please just like pass it? I I need a second. Oh God. Okay. Um. This is a prose block. It's a it's an excerpt from Discalculia. Um, and I think it fits well here. Um, it doesn't have a title. That's not how this is working. On the other side of the freeway, traffic stalls to better observe the three-car pileup clogging the middle of the road. We slow down to get as close a glimpse we can at the mangled metal, the twisted roofs punctuating each other with their new angles, with their sharp lines. From where we sit, a mere 20 feet away, our heads craning low out of the windows, it is impossible to know who holds ultimate fault in this tragedy, who to send the bill to. All the cars are the same color, the same size, the same make, white Acura 97s, and in the end, the fault could belong to any one of them, the one distracted by her girlfriend's rage text on the way home, the one playfully racing with the station wagon in the lane next to him, the one jerking off from behind the wheel. Any one of them could be the fatal other, the one with the confession to make upon meeting their maker, but regardless, in the end, even the one least responsible for the final output at least had the choice of the input in hand. From over here, all of the victims are villains and all of the villains are dead. Mm. <laughs> I'm just like, that book is not in my inbox, so I'm going to need that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna need a hold that. <laughs> okay. This is also a little long, but whatever. <laughs> it's about death. So search for the new land. The future is not a gender, doesn't even have a body. And then there's white women making t-shirts and selling them for $80 or whatever, whatever they do. The sun doesn't hate anyone, and neither do I. All I listen to is Lee Morgan's trumpet for long stretches of afternoons and nights in the desert. I decide on the delusion where I live, genderless and out of sight. This is how I choose to spend what I have. I'm an American, so I only hear what I want to. This is our right, to protect ourselves in times of extreme stress. In times of great fear, we do what we have to do to survive. Our task is to defend our aliveness. This one instruction for having a body, the punishment for it. I see the way birds look at me, endangered. The future is only earned or inherited. It writes itself. Everything wrong with the picture is the true meaning of the picture. The future is relative. Of course, I am conditional. I am writing this from the deep end. There are some privileges to being feared, fearing the consequences of yourself. How I came all this way in all these centuries, carrying this extreme stress and pervading American fear. The taxi driver deposited my suitcases into the men. In, oh, I'm sorry. <coughs> the taxi driver deposited my many suitcases into the busy street and drove off. I don't have enough hands. 
My evolution has not equipped me for this climate. Lifting a box of books into the overhead compartment, I wished for a device to make my face a white girl in times like these, helpless with a body. No full flight would watch a white girl struggle this way, her life flashing before her under the weight of her own books. I can't even imagine it. The dissonance of chords and notes, the hilarious idea of infinity. The last time I considered suicide, on the edge of a curb, leaning into the yellow taxis of the meatpacking, which in retrospect would have been a terrible place to die, in front of all those white women hobbling in their high heels over the cobblestone, doing that shampoo commercial move, bathed in the light of themselves. I considered all I've learned about sacrifice and duty. I went home in an American SUV, ashamed of something. That last time I teased death, I couldn't listen to any music for weeks, not one note of song. When I think of the story of Abraham tying up his son for slaughter, the offering on an altar at the edge of a mountaintop, the instruction to do what he had to do as it is written, I identify most with the ram, the alternative asymmetrical sacrifice. I see the way birds look at me. It writes itself. We used to sing that song, Father Abraham had many sons. I am one of them and so are you. Praising the Lord and belonging, fearing the wind in our palm trees. The future is this awe, looking up at the sky in California blue and green. I am always at the edge of the end of the world. In the desert, if a ram appears, I may escape death. $80 for a certain and secure future. Miles Davis's trumpet on blue and green, a future where I no longer need to be grateful. Baldwin wrote, our crown has already been bought and paid for. What's important in these times of war and faith is the consideration, the lean into traffic, the axe raised dutifully. You are always almost gone. It is written so that we may remember. Documentation of the past makes the future possible. I'm learning all I can from this day so I can teach it to who I will be tomorrow. I've written, I'm a different person every minute, and everybody knows I don't believe in time anyway. I did not inherit it. I always misremember the title Search for the New Land, the Lee Morgan album and the book by Julius Lester. I misremember the the, I think, a new land. All I can hear is go, wherever, anywhere but here. In Julius Lester's Search for the New Land, it is written, being, to be. In America, one was taught to do. My task is to wander until I find a safe place to continue being. I think effort and sacrifice and faith, fingers crossed. I think it is my responsibility to find the ram to slaughter in my place. Julius Lester said, if we hate the past more than we love the future, we will succeed in bringing that past into the future. Remembering the past makes all futures possible, makes the land new, the the, it is written, the difference between surviving and being. The future is, take it, 
the future is out of body, out of sight, certain as the the looking up at the sky in California, the trumpet again and again, wind blew one holy bird and everything possible and promised the new land already waiting for me, even me. Jesus Christ. Thank you. <laughs> Just thanks. <laughs> Whenever you want to take your foot off our neck. <laughs> this poem is called My God, She's Full of Stars. Oh. Italian sky confounds me, my face backlit with the orange fire of that heavy Tuscan moon, my waist hung at half mass. My whole shadow craning over this courtyard of labyrinths, labyrinths of blue solitude, trails and trails of echinacea plants profusely abound. Over the speakerphone, he hustles me in a whisper, tells me how the grass grows green, but only in his garden, his voice ricocheting from the terracotta walls and skating over the hills for the pageantry, undisturbing the dusk's peace, just like an American. The night drones out around me, my fro smug and insubordinate, the soft Italian breeze at the close of the day, wrapping my body in a dark, inescapable heat. What do you really need from a love that I can't give, he asks. I tell him to give me something uniquely precious, stitch his mouth to the inside of my mouth, kill my apathy, kill my autonomy, bury my awful heart in flames. You should leave him, he says. He can't contain you, he says. And he thinks he's telling me something I don't know, that my multitudes are an asphyxiating mass. Still, I let him wax on with his fairy tale, the sight of great expanse ahead of me drowning him out in the drone of his pleading, though I consider it, and him, and consider that liberty is only a trick of the eye, and consider that my only job is to capture my body back from the tacit bondage of desires too mild, desires that require too little of me. Because what is freedom to a woman of my size, if not the chance to combust, if not the chance to swivel at the blink of a lover's green eye, if not the chance to glitter and glow and open my mouth and shake out that deservedly inherited no? We some sad bitches. <laughs> sad Dang. You know, at least we know it's not each other making each other. Yeah, sad. exactly. I know. I'm I like seen you in like a, an actual two years. So um, this is the last poem that I sent over. I don't know where we are on time, but um, Courtney, just so you know. Yeah, I think, yeah, we can go ahead one more round, I think, and uh, chop it up. Yeah, and let's chop it up. I might sneak in, uh, sneak in a poem myself. So. Hey, <laughs> Ew, it's your night. Literally. All right, I'm going to close with uh, some other ancestors. <laughs> Magical Negro number 607. Gladys Knight on the 200th episode of The Jeffersons. Privilege is asking other people to look at you. I like everything in my apartment except me. I mean, I need to buy a toaster. 
What is the point of something that only does one thing? My life is a kind of reality. When I get bored, I close the window. By the way, what is a yuppie? Here I am, two landscapes. My tattoo artist says I'm a warrior with pain. I tell her we can manifest this new moon in six months. When I'm rich, I will still be black. You can't take the girl out of the ghetto until she earns it or grows up into it. It's too much to ask to be satisfied. Of course, I sing through the struggle. My problem is I'm too glamorous to be seen. How will I know when I've made it? In the mirror, will I have a face? How long does a good thing last? Sometimes eating a guilty salad, I become a wife. Let me be the woman who takes care of you. Wheezy and George and drapes and crystal silverware. By the way, predominantly white means white. I want to be the first black woman to live her life exclusively from the bathtub. Making toast, enjoying success despite my cultural and systemic setbacks. I was raised to be a nigger you can trust. I was raised to be better than my parents. In a small house with a swamp cooler, I touched myself. I wanted to be in the white mom's carpool, my cheek against something new and clean. I clean my apartment when I am afraid of being the only noise. Everyone I know is a black man, so I'm a black man too. Tragically, I win. It is a joke. I always require explanations. See, life starring Martin Lawrence or dope, wherein the hero must be proof of good intention. I am so lucky to be you. When something dies, I buy a new one. Wow. Really? That's how you want to end? Okay. Okay. This one is called, Yes, It Is Possible. Mm. For most of my life, I remained unaware of this, the way a wingless arm is unaware of the conceit of flight. But now I know that yes, it is possible to be allergic to a person. It is possible for the body to be wholly autonomous and how it chooses to preserve itself, no matter what fleshy amorphous image of the heart the synapse might conjure. A great fire muted by holy water, a blue room with one pink knob, no matter what you think you want, it's the body that decides and will reject whatever antibodies revile its stasis. And in this case, the foreign cell was the Pisces fish, a twin fish, a two fish flush, virtuous and writhing in deceit and steeped in the drama of belonging to too many lies. And yes, I had prayed that he'd finally come back to me and that when and that when he'd knock, he'd appear with one less life. But then he did appear, a xenophile on a tour of homes. And that would be our last encounter. All I could do was heave at the sight of him, head oscillating dizzily between two different men, two different lives, so Piscean in his world of Elysian highs. But this time, my systems nosed down, anatomy buckling out into autopilot, bringing me down to my knees to purge. 
And it was like this for days. I couldn't stomach a morsel. My receptor stunted with the shock of an imminent shift. I wept and cocooned myself into a sweat until at once it stopped. And I woke to find myself at the kitchen table, perfectly unbothered, fingering cubes of fresh wet aloe into my mouth as if life were some benign victory I'd won. <sighs> wow. That was incredible. I mean, that was amazing. Thank you so much for reading it. Thank you so much. I can't. I don't. I can't be in this room. It's too much. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! But thank you all both. Um, uh, It just it just feels so good to hear your words and your voices. Like I, I like. Cause I could just go, you know, if, if I need to, I've got your books on the shelf. Like I, I reach, I reach over, I'll grab them, I'll read them. And when I'm reading, I can hear your voices, but it's just, it's just not the same thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, it's just not the same thing. Yeah. And, uh, I'm so happy, um, that again, that y'all are here doing this, kicking it with me tonight, celebrating, uh, and, and all of that. Um, yeah, I'm just extremely, extremely grateful. Extremely. Um, hey, I guess yeah. I'll do. I'll do. I was trying to figure out what to read because, like, one of the things about this book is that I was having a difficult time choosing, in part because um, I don't know. I enjoy the poems, like, and, and that might sound weird, right? But with this collection, one of the things that I tried to do was that I wanted to like put something together that I felt was really rereadable, meaning like not only, um, you know, inviting, but like fun. Like I wanted the language to be fun and and playful. And I wanted folks to feel like this is a book kind of like that they can return to, like you return to like your favorite album. You know what I mean? Like that, that just puts you in that place. And, you know, um, and I feel like, I don't know, well, time will tell if that plays out for other folks, but at least for me, like it, I feel like that was something I was able to do. Um, and that's probably why I keep loving to come back to the page and, and play with these poems and hear these poems out loud and read them. Um, and so I was having a hard time picking because of that. Cause I was just like, I felt like I was sliding something by not picking it. Um, because I kind of want to just read, like, you know, I just want to read the whole thing, which I guess I will do at some point. And uh, more more details on that later. <laughs> uh, we'll get there in a second. Um, but yeah, I, I landed on this one. So I'll read um, Suburban Dictionary. And uh, shout out to anybody who is listening in or watching who's in Philly or around Philly. I appreciate y'all. This poem kind of takes me back to Philly. So I'm going to read this one. Suburban Dictionary. I think there's a little white man inside all of us. Though my look precedes me, in this case, I'm not talking about the shack-creeping slave master, but the crown-funded discoverer of pre-existing things, the explorer of the exotic via means aquatic or terrestrial. Oh, looky here another settlement by a river. 
between two rivers, in fact, fresh off the boat of the skies, I walk among the savage appetites tearing into thin steak strips and cheese whiz with pointed teeth. How they strut, I study. The men dress their faces in veils of black hair from cheek to cheek. The women braid or lock or unlock or undertuck theirs beneath the most humble and homely cloths. My ears snag on the rusty dialect like fabric. My eyes widen when I recognize the continent staring me back in the ego, a vowel and three consonants exact. J, A, W, N, entry dated 2003, a person, place, or thing. Oh, looky here. I've been a person, a place, a thing. It used to be they would put every rap record in my mouth and press play. It used to be my body was Africa herself, something with boundaries they didn't understand. It used to be Charleston Chew or see murder they'd call me in place of my mother's wishes. See murder. First entry, the killing of another human being under conditions specifically covered in law, I explain. Second entry, slang, something extremely difficult or perilous, I explain. Third entry, a group or flock of crows, I explain. I explain, explain, explain the world while they circle ominously in omen. Oh man, I really just want them to go away or that I fade away or they catch the fade from me or hair clippers give me a fade and they can't recognize me anymore. Except for the savagery, of course, measured in melanin and my talent for tearing through the meat of grammar with my teeth. Fools got me tweaking off this old ghetto glossary gimmick for real. Them, always taking my word to take my word. Jockin', jackin', whatever. Just let me live where I live is what I say, or be trying to. Man. Yes. I love that one. Yeah, so much. I'll be studying. <laughs> Shout out to Philly. No, thank you both so, so much. Um, again, like just give a quick, you know, for the folks in the audience, just give a quick shout out uh, about where folks can find your work, or what they should be checking out and what they should be looking forward to. Uh, you can find my books at your local bookstore <laughs> or you know you can buy them direct uh you can buy them from bookshop.org which uh, goes to support indie bookstores um across the country um you can also buy them directly from tin house my first two books um my first no two of them you can get from tin house. <laughs> sorry one you can get from random house etc uh yeah and um I almost don't want to tell you what okay. to no. look out for because that means I have to finish it. <laughs> Keep it hush hush. If I, I mean, no. well, I have a nonfiction book coming out when I finish it, and uh, <laughs> and other assorted, but I'll be around. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I'm Kamon Felix. You can find me in LA, sitting next to Morgan, also trying to finish a book that I got to finish if I'm going to talk about it. Um, on my way, see you just a little bit. Just 
You're there. Um, you can find my books in, uh, wow, this is a fun thing to be able to say, you guys, in all the places where you can find Courtney and Morgan's books. I love this for us. <laughs> Literally the same places. Um, you can find Build Yourself a Boat at Haymarket. You can find Build Yourself a Boat uh, at bookshop.org um, and all other places where books are sold. And if you want to see me talk shit and do my shenanigans, catch me on the Twitters at C A M O N G H N E, my name, because Capricorn. That's how that goes. Awesome. Awesome. No, thank you. Thank you all both. And of course, obviously, you know, this is the Doppelgangbanger series. You can find Doppelgangbanger at your local bookseller. Uh, bookshop.org. Hey, it's out there. Go grab it. I'm very proud of it, excited about it, and I hope y'all will be too once you get a chance to dive in. Um, Just to FYI, this is, you know, again, event number one of three. Next one is coming up on 224, so next week at 6 p.m. Eastern. That's going to be featuring the one and only Patricia Smith and some dude named Nate Marshall. <laughs> Too much, just this guy. Awesome. If you are in Chicago, you have to go. Like, there's no. <laughs> if, if you're in Chicago, it's mandatory. Um, everybody can go with the mayor. Um, please, uh, please come through. And uh, yo, if y'all been rocking with us this whole time tonight, thank you so much. I hope y'all have a wonderful weekend. Stay safe, stay healthy. Uh, shout out to Haymarket for helping us do this and and, uh, and facilitating this love session. Yeah. And uh, we'll see y'all next week at the next event. Thanks for listening. If you liked this episode, subscribe to our podcast and to the Haymarket Books YouTube channel, where events like this one are hosted live. And don't forget to check out haymarketbooks.org. <laughs>